Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my hostess with the mostest, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. Just Jen. How are you feeling today? I'm tired. Tie red? Yes. What's causing that? I don't know. My body didn't want to wake up, but it did, and now I'm here. A little corona crazy today? Maybe a little weight of the world? Mm, no. No. <laughs> well, no. You know, I'm excited. You what? know why? Yeah, well, I'm going to hope you're going to tell me. Well, I'm excited for the first time in like, what, two months, two and a half months? Okay. I'm getting my hair cut. Oh, that is really exciting. I have to wear a mask, but I'm getting my hair cut. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? How are they going to cut around the mat? Like, do I have to? Maybe. You know, I don't know. Am I going to have a line where the straw? No, because your mask only goes over your ears. <laughs> Some of those go behind the head, you know. But not yours. I know. I'm just playing. But I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm excited to get that done. and I'm excited for you. You're going to feel normal. great. Instead of looking like a caveman. I had yeah. to trim my own beard. What do you think? It looks great. I I, I think it, you did a great job. Well, this is after you said, what did you call me? You said the mountain man. Yeah, the mountain man, <laughs> or you said I looked homeless or something like that. I, I did I not know. say homeless. <laughs> I said you looked like a mountain man. All right. Yeah. Well, you I came guess, off the hill. I guess there's worse things I could look like. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think there's worse things we all could look like. Do I have a face for radio? You have a face for everything. <laughs> You can be whatever you want to be. This is true. Yeah. Words matter. Words do matter. Well, I'm excited about our show today. We're going to have a special guest join us from Australia. Australia? He's actually talking to us from tomorrow. Whoa, like in the future? He's in tomorrow, yeah. He's like in the future. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'll I'll talk a little bit more about Matt Bruce in a moment, but... Speaking about the future... What? The spaceship didn't go up in the air. Yeah. It That's didn't kind of the future failure to launch. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of Tomorrowland. Yeah, because of some sort of cosmic sun rays that they called it weather. And you think weather like rain or storm clouds or whatever. Yeah. No, it was like the UV light reflecting off of whatever was going to create static this, and that meant that they had to scrub it, and it was like very anticlimactic. Alls, I mean, we we sat there and we watched, and we were so excited and. I couldn't stop but think, like, aren't they hungry yet? Like, they're wasting a lot of time just sitting there. <laughs> I'm, like, thinking, where's their snacks or something? I thought they had pretty snappy suits. Yeah. The best suits I've really seen in sharp. a while. Like, this, I mean, you're going to go into space. I want to be dressed like they are. I mean, who was the designer? Because those were legit. Elon Musk. Did he design them? Probably. His wife. That guy has his fingers in everything. Yeah, I don't think he's married. Oh, he's not married. He's yeah, dead. they have a kid that has a number name or it's changed. I don't know. I can't keep up with it all. <laughs> a number name. But, but anyway, uh, all right. Joke time? Yeah. You ready? I'm almost ready. You're almost ready. Yeah. Should, should this mean I should go first? You should go first. You want me to tell it first? Yeah. All right, here we go. So a bear walks into a restaurant and says to the waiter, I want a grilled cheese. <laughs> Are and, you the, sure? and the waiter says, why the pause? He's all, what do you mean? I'm a bear. Hold on, hold on. Let me think about this one. Oh, I get Are it. Are you kidding no, me? No, I was trying to think. I'm like, what? What happened here? <laughs> the pause. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> Says the mind that works 20 times faster than mine. I was thinking about grilled cheese. <laughs> Jennifer, you and I was food. wondering what kind of grilled cheese, like what kind of bread did they use? What kind of cheese? Was it like a grown-up grilled, <laughs> grilled cheese or was it like a little kids with like craft cheese? Well, thanks for the laugh. So I did think about a whole bunch. Yeah. But yeah, I got it though. Maybe, maybe... <laughs> maybe I don't know what to maybe say. don't think a whole bunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just let the joke go. Yeah. Okay, you ready for my joke? Yes. Okay. What do you call people who take care of chickens? What do you call people who take care of chickens? Crazy? No. Chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> you have to laugh at that joke. Because that joke came from somebody that you love. Who? Your mother. Really? Your mother texted me this joke to tell you. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> so you love it now, right? I love it now. Because that was like a pity laugh, but... No, I chicken tenders. Like yeah. they tend to chickens. It's like a little nugget. <laughs> and it's a food joke, <laughs> yeah. which makes you happy. So yeah, your, mom, your mom's got my back. She's sending me the food jokes. Well, I'm happy she did. Yeah. That was a successful joke time. <laughs> We both laughed We're and nobody, glad. nobody got upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, you can't get upset when telling jokes. No, you can't. You have to just laugh. Yes, you do. All right. So I've got a guy coming on the show. Mm -hmm. His name is Matt Bruce. Okay. Found him on Instagram. Okay. And he was a former, I think, special forces officer in the Australian military. Went to Afghanistan. Wow. And talked about his experience with post-traumatic stress, PTSD. Right. And his Instagram handles thriving with PTSD. And that caught my attention, right? Because I know a lot of people suffer from post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And so I want to have him on the show. And I think he's got a really, really unique take on what people can do that are suffering from PTSD to kind of unpack all of those emotions that maybe they've been stuffing, especially people that have gone off to war. You, know, oh, you can yeah. only imagine what they've, what they've been through. So I'm excited to have him on and listen to what he has to say about PTSD. So you ready? I bet he has an accent. He's going to have, he does. He has yeah. an awesome Aussie accent. Speaking of which, did you know on my Siri, I have an Australian accent on my Siri phone? No. So when they're giving me directions and looking up stuff, it comes mine, in Australian accent. Mine is British. Australia. Yeah. For me. I'm British. All right, let's get Matt on the line. Yeah, let's call our mate. All right, let's do it. All right, I've got Matt Bruce on the line. Thriving with PTSD is his handle on Instagram. So excited to talk with you. I know that as a soldier, you have a huge heart for other soldiers that have suffered from post-traumatic stress. And I know that you're on a mission to help increase awareness about post-traumatic stress. And so Jen and I were super excited to have you on the show and learn about your cause, your mission, your passion. So thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I would just like to say thank you for having me on the show, Sean. And yeah, it's something that's really hot in my heart at the moment is to uh, help other veterans and, and help other uh, emergency service people even, like anyone that's really suffering from PTSD. So I guess I just don't want to really put this in a military box or kind of want to open up to everyone in the world that might be struggling from PTSD and have that label and then for them to just have a new level of awareness and a new level of hope of, you know, what's actually in their control and what they can do to better themselves and to be uh, the best version of themselves again. And 
you know, I guess there is probably a lot of misinformation and a lot of the medical system and big farm and a few of these things that we see in the world, you know, they aren't really giving us the clearest level of information about how we can treat ourselves and how we can heal ourselves. A lot of people are viewing PTSD as something that's very mind-orientated, but it's very mind and body as well too. Until you actually look at PTSD from like a holistic approach of your nervous system, your physical body, and then your mental body, and looking at all three of those things, we don't really have a hope of um, actually kind of coming back to your vitality or, or like a, a level playing field. So something that I'm really passionate about was quite a journey for me to be able to get back to where I am now uh, and now just kind of have like a bit of a passion and purpose for just helping people to come back to this state. Yeah. And thank you for that. Thank you for that passion. And thank you for that purpose. I guess, you know, my question for you would be, you know, what was the event or the events that kind of led for this, this cause that you're now championing? What, what specifically did you encounter or did you suffer that led to kind of a post-traumatic stress situation for you specifically? Yeah, I think, um, you know, PTSD in general is such, it's like a label and you can see how pop, like how widely spread it is across Australia and across America at the moment. So it doesn't matter if you're a veteran, emergency services, police, and, you know, you could just be a mum at home and you could actually have a level of PTSD. So PTSD is kind of like a label that's given to our mind and body when it's kind of out of balance and out of alignment. And I think any soldier that goes into the military, if they don't actually have um, healthy um, coping mechanisms and healthy ways to express themselves, they have the ability to have PTSD. And specifically for myself, I went to Afghanistan. I was there for six months. Uh, I was at Kandahar Airfield. And you know, we were rocketed every second day, every day, two or three times a day, where you've got you know quite large rockets coming into your base. Uh, so then you know ultimately you have a fight or flight response. You have like a fear activation that's kind of triggered within yourself. And I guess the environment that you're in as a soldier and as a male, you don't actually give credit to those emotions that are kind of coming up within you. You're kind of repressing them and disconnecting from this level of emotion. And that's the training that we have before we go to Afghanistan. And then that's kind of reinforced why we're in Afghanistan. So I don't think people are actually truly aware of the psychological effects it's having on men and women when you're actually disconnecting from such a uh, primal emotion such as fear. So when you're walking around in Afghanistan for six months and you've repressed a lot of fear, uh, you're basically sitting on like a volcano of emotion. And we basically start to disconnect from that through our mind and we start to create stories and we had to start to have thought patterns that are basically keeping us in our mind because we're not actually able to be associated in the lower parts of our body. So, you know, uh, that's specifically what happened to me. I remember coming back from Afghanistan and I was very jacked up. I was in my sympathetic nervous system. I was very out of my body. I was kind of like in this state. I used a lot of porn while I was overseas. So, you know, pornography for soldiers is kind of like a coping mechanism that we're using to kind of disconnect from this like repressed emotions that we have within ourselves. And then when we come home, it's kind of like a behavior that is ingrained in us. So it kind of then starts to warp some of our relationships. And as males, we can start to have difficulties like integrating back into our family life due to some of the, the coping mechanisms that we've had. I pretty much turned into an exercise addict when I got home and I was training three times a day to kind of create this level of balance in my system. So because I was so 
used to being in chaos, I wanted to come back and kind of recreate that the best I could. And how I could do that in a socially acceptable way was through CrossFit and massive amounts of exercise. And then I was called upon to go work with the Australian Special Forces uh, and I went on to another deployment. So you can see that like that level of like activity for the human body and for the human mind, it's just not normal, it's not healthy. It doesn't really matter, you know, what you see overseas or what your specific combat role is. And you know, I want to kind of remove some of the stigma around some of the people that aren't in such heavy combat roles that still come back that are, that are not in a healthy way. And it's basically the military and what we go into from our service perspective is not in alignment with us as human beings. The PTSD is kind of like this byproduct of something that's um, born out of, you know, us not being in a, in a healthy environment and us not actually treating our bodies and our minds in a healthy way. So for me, my story went on further than that um, with other deployments and being exposed to graphic content. So I witnessed a lot of beheadings and a lot of um, like really graph, graphic um, kind of social content. Uh, and I had a lot of burnout. I guess I didn't actually have the ability to rest and, and have a break. So as you're basically just cultivating more unhealthy behaviours and you're getting more jacked up in your nervous system and you don't actually have the ability to rest or actually understand that you need rest, then you know we have a bit of an explosion and then we put a label of PTSD on it. So you know there is there's multiple formats of PTSD. It's kind of like your acute, your complex, and all these different ones. But you know, really it is is a, quite a large fight or flight response that is kind of stuck in the human body, which is kind of changing our behaviors. Yeah. How did when you came back from Afghanistan? Did you understand that you were? dealing with PTSD, was that something that was commonplace or were you just trying to sort through your emotions and your feelings and trying to get back into normal life on your own? How did you, how did you connect the dots to what you were feeling and experiencing? I'd say not at all, Sean. I was so disconnected. I was so like ingrained in the military system that I was unaware. I was like in combat mode and like my mind was just basically focusing outwards and, and always ready. And I didn't even have the conscious awareness or the ability to turn around and self-reflect. So I didn't even have the ability to look at myself and say, oh, hey, before I went to Afghanistan, my behaviors were like this. And now after Afghanistan, my behaviors were like that. It's kind of, didn't it, have that. it's counterintuitive to being a warrior, to, to being a fighter, like you don't want to think, you don't want to process. I mean, in an ideal world, it would be very robotic in terms of what you did and how you did it. You know, the less feeling, the less compassion, the less emotion, the better the fighter, I would, I would argue. So they teach you to be something disconnected from your emotions. And what I hear you saying, which is the first time I've had somebody connect this for me is this idea that that stuffing of the emotion, that lack of feeling, that, that, that you know, just complete avoidance is what triggers the trauma, the, the emotion or the, or the bodily reaction that you're ex experiencing. In other words, lack of sleep, you know, or pivoting to porn to try to not, just not think about it or deal with it or whatever. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, to go specifically into COVID, you know, I don't think I'd, I'd done a lot of work on myself, Sean, to like really start to move some through some of these repressed emotions. 
And it wasn't until COVID come that there was like a massive amount of space in my life. So um, my work um, duties really died down and I really had this like really powerful um, ability to go inward and there was all of this repressed fear. So there was probably like, you know, maybe nine years worth of, or probably further because I, I wasn't feeling fear when I was getting out of the army. And when I was going through my really dark PTSD days, I was actually putting myself into really dangerous like situations um, to try and feel alive. And that's pretty common PTSD um, behavior of people going out and like um, nearly inflicting pain on themselves or putting themselves into dangerous situations to feel some form of aliveness because they're so emotionally dead inside. So COVID really gave me the ability to go into my fear and feel that. And I was like sitting on a volcano I was like sitting in uh, stillness in my house and I could feel all of this repressed fear in me like rushing through my body uh, and it was so overpowering. I think the first couple of times that I felt that, I, I couldn't sit in it. I had to get out and run away. Uh, but then, is, that, is, that know, where exor- is that where exercise came in? I mean, was that part of what you turned to or is this, this is now post? How long have you been back? How long have you been out of Afghanistan? 2015. So, yeah, I'd say that, no, I actually went back to, like, having unhealthy coping mechanisms to use sex as a way to kind of tap out of what I was feeling because, you know, this is quite a um, nearly like a life or death type emotion Uh, and, you know, 10 years worth of fear kind of, like, pulsing through your body is something that's quite intense. Um, And you can see why as a soldier or as a person who's come back is always drinking or, or is always uh, doing drugs or is always uh, in a health unhealthy state is because they don't actually have the emotional or mental capacity to kind of actually feel what they're feeling and or what they've repressed. So, yeah, for me, it took a lot of bravery and I think it took more bravery at this point in my life to actually sit in those emotions that it did to take to go to Afghanistan. Like when yeah. I went to Afghanistan, I was connected. I wasn't feeling anything. I was just like in warrior mode, but now I'm in a level of like um, meditation or stillness and then I'm feeling all of this fear again. So yeah, COVID was quite an amazing experience to be able to have this level of stillness that I've never had in my life before to feel this. You know, when I first went into COVID, my mind wanted to distract. It wanted to go to the fridge. It wanted to eat food, (laughs) you know, food. It wanted to, you know, go to the um, like, you know, Costco equivalent and do repairs on my home. Uh, and, you know, all of these things were coming up as a way for me to be distracted. And I had to really witness my mind and say, hey, what's below this? Why why am I not willing to sit still? But then when I did have the courage and the willingness to sit still, I actually had all of this repressed emotion below that, which was, you know, a really uh, big blessing to be able to witness that and move through it and very healing. What's interesting for me is that I, I can relate on one on one level. I was not in the military, but I did suffer at the hands of a verbally abusive stepfather when I was a kid. And some of the things that he said to me have stayed with me all of my life. And I did not realize that I still had emotion attached to that in a significant way. And it wasn't until I actually went through multiple years on an ongoing basis worth of counseling. Like I'm a huge advocate for mental health counseling, working through that. And I remember being in a session and my, and my uh, therapist asked me a question about my childhood. 
And it was like, in a moment, I immediately connected to that eight-year-old boy that had been hurt, that was verbally abused, that was told he was never going to amount to anything and never going to be successful and these types of things. And I was just literally flooded with emotion. So that small event still... 30 years later produced a lot of emotion. I can only imagine what you went through being on base, mortar attacks, killings, beheadings, violence, death, all of that, and then stuffing it, stuffing it. Just you can't feel it because you're a machine. You don't want to feel it. It's, that's not what you need to do right now. You got a mission. You're on a, you know, like you got to move forward. You can't, you can't touch any of that. So to come back to, to home effectively and then have all of that bubbling under the surface. I agree with you. I think it took an immense amount of courage to try to unpack that. And I think your your statement, I think, is interesting because you're the second guest out of probably 40 that I've had on that I actually believe COVID has been a blessing for you because it's allowed you to process some of that, to, to dig into it, because otherwise it would have been a far easier to be distracted with everything else that's, that's going on, you know, in everyday life. Right. Totally agree. And, you know, I just like to say thank you for sharing your story and you know, every single person that's listening to this podcast has a story. Every single person who's listening to this has been through some kind of heartbreak or has had some kind of challenge in their upbringing there's not a person in the world that hasn't had some form of trauma so you know i'd really just like to put it out there to everyone that you might have been to war or you might have been to afghanistan but we still hold damage in our heart we still hold emotions and you know it really is um, your your responsibility and your duty to kind of go inwards and to look at that and to do the work to to remove that from yourself uh you know, especially if you're going to be parents, you have the opportunity to pass it on to your children as well too. So, you know, it is a responsibility of us to, to take a, a new level of ownership of our mental and emotional health in 2020. And, you know, this is how we can, you know, impact the world around us by taking responsibility for who we are as people and what's going on within us. And then that allows us to show up in our community in a better way as well too. So, you know, hope is within us. You know, if every single person responsibility for what is going on in their life and you know you might have been the cause it might have been an, an environmental condition that was external to you but if everyone took responsibility for the internal world there'd be a lot of hope it would be you know a lot of positive people like yourself and myself doing really good things for their community as well too so i just like really like to encourage any listeners out there that are have been through anything like yourself or your story that, you know, there is hope out there that you can actually move forward to be the best version of yourself. And then, you know, you can find your purpose and your passion to get into your community as well and to like really lift them up. Well, as you can tell, we're big believers in hope. And uh, yeah. we, we, we like to foster hope wherever we wherever we go and whenever we can, that's for sure. Now, you are in relationship with uh, someone, Ruth. Now, are you married? Is she your wife? Or are you um, just in a committed relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend? And I guess my question is, how did she deal with what was bubbling under the surface for you and the many facets that that probably erupted through? Yeah, so, you know, personally, uh, Ruth and I are actually on a bit of a break at the moment. So we're actually kind of separated in our relationship. And, you know, this is something so Ruth so Ruth and I have like a tremendous level of love and respect for one another. And I can honestly say that I wouldn't be the man that I am today without meeting Ruth uh, and her 
kind of loving, kind heart was what allowed this, uh, you know, this disconnected soldier to open back up. And we still have a really amazing conscious relationship, even though that we're um, separated at the moment. And that was purely for the fact of me to be able to heal deeper. It's not, uh, it's not, um, I don't have the ability to hold Ruth or be in a relationship with Ruth when I'm actually unpacking such deep levels of trauma. So there was like a, yeah. an expression to Ruth say, I need time for myself. I need to be able to explore myself and I need to be able to go deeper into myself. And it's not fair that you would be in the, um, it's the environment of a, you know, a soldier who's unpacking 10 years worth of fear and me having the ability to possibly project that onto you or to, you know, um, being unhealthy behaviors as well so there was like an agreement within our relationship to to separate and you know ruth is you know i've written a book the book's called warriors war uh and on the first page the book is dedicated to ruth and you know i truly love that girl with all of my heart i always have and always will but it just shows that you can be in have like a level of separateness and to do inner work on yourself i know that there are a lot of examples out there in the world of relationships not actually quite getting on and people really, you know, our relationships are our greatest teacher, but also we need to be able to go take ownership and go deeper into our own stuff. Um, and I, and I agree with you. I don't think that that would have been possible without that separation. It was not fair to her to have just part of you. What you're trying to do is become whole again. You know, you're trying to, to mend the broken places within you deal with the trauma, deal with the emotion and get to a place of, I would think, centeredness and groundedness. And then there in that place, you can offer the best version of yourself to a partner. And I think that's what you're, what you're trying to do. And, and it sounds like she understands that as well. I think that that's the, the you know, kind of the best outcome at, the, at this point. Um, I, I guess my question for you is relative to the work that you're doing to try to unpack this as we've discussed why don't we talk about that what are the steps that you've taken to try to address that emotion and to unpack that emotion i'm sure others that are listening would benefit from those so why don't we talk about that for a moment yeah so i think if we go all the way back to like two or three years ago when i very first started on this journey maybe even four years ago uh, and there might be a lot of people who are listening to this podcast out there where they're in the similar format and we can be quite angry and we can have a lot of stress. We can kind of like be looking out into our world and we're judging a lot of stuff around us. We're allowing small, simple stuff in our life to really affect us and we're getting kind of angry or we're very opinionated or we're very kind of aroused by small, meaningless stuff in our life. Um, and that's a pretty common example for uh, veterans when they're coming back from overseas because they're actually using that level of stress that they're, they're looking out in their life to basically fulfill the levels of cortisol and adrenaline that they have a need for. Uh, so when I very first started my journey, this was where I started it. And it was taking a level of ownership and responsibility for the way that my mind was seeing the world. And basically I used meditation as a tool to train my mind again. Really, meditation is just the ability for you to stay focused and for you to train your mind like in the gym. So it's, it's not a woo-woo. There's so many apps out there these days, but realistically, you can train your mind to have a, a point of focus and have a new level of awareness. And then ultimately, when you as a soldier would see normal things that would arouse you or that your mind would want to go into to create like a reaction, 
you then have the conscious awareness to not do that. So that's really where I started was to actually take ownership over the stories that my mind was telling myself uh, and to really go deeper into my mind and actually have control. And once we have that level of control and uh, awareness within our mind, you know, that can take, you know, years or maybe a year or two to really embed and to really get like really, really deep level of mastership over our mind. Then now, we can actually then take that in, into our emotions. Yeah. How did you, how did you know that your lens from which you were seeing the world was so faulty from what you were or used to be prior to your military service? In other words, you know, how, how did you know at the time, was it was it just self reflecting and going, why am I why am I blowing up? Why am I getting an argument? Why am I angry? Why am I? I mean, was it was it internal questions as to, you know, other people that were close to you, where you were, you know, basically they became using a military term collateral damage to your, you know, anger, fear, you know, like how did you know? Yeah, so I guess. Um Two parts to that answer is one, I was in such a state of suffering. So I was using alcohol, sex, drugs, and everything under the sun to disconnect. You know, I had no compassion, no empathy, no love, no emotion within me whatsoever. I was like a robot. So, you know, that's a, a tremendous amount of pain and struggle for any individual to be in. And my life around me was reflecting that. So there was a single, there's a certain point within that, that that got too overwhelming and that I needed to make change. Uh, so then, you know, ultimately I, that the next question, the next answer is self-inquiry. So yeah, why am I, why am I need, why do I feel the need to take so many drugs? Like what am I disconnecting from? Why do I get angry at that particular um, Facebook post? Why do I get angry at that particular thing? And just starting to unwind these behaviors and this level of thought and this level of not, it wasn't me, you know. My, my thoughts were basically a, a byproduct of the conditioning that I'd received from the army. So you, you, your thoughts and your behaviors are not you. And when you realize that your thoughts and your behaviors are basically a byproduct of your conditioning, you can then start to unpack that. You can unwind your thoughts, you can unwind your behaviors and you can come all the way back to yourself before you got into the military and, and basically unconditioned yourself but that takes you know action intention and effort uh, and you really have to be making uh, choices in every moment of every day to, to be the best version of yourself and step towards that person that you want to be again did you have family members that helped you do you have siblings or parents that were shining a mirror up to you and saying matt do you, i mean do you realize like you're 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 making a big thing out of nothing. I mean, did they come alongside you or has this really been for you uh, a, a journey of just you becoming self-aware and discovering, you know, really what had happened to you and ultimately how to fix it? Yeah, so my family live on the other side of Australia. So uh, my posting is, I think I spoke to you earlier, Perth is the most isolated capital city in the world. So I, I posted to Perth for my last posting um, with the Australian Special Forces. And on me getting out of the military, there was really good jobs here. So I stayed in Perth. So my family crossed the other side of the country. So I was very isolated and I could hide a lot. And, you know, I've become uh, a very good liar and a very good, like most men and women are, like no, how many people are truly expressing what their emotional state is? 
you go out and meet somebody on the street and you're like, how are you today? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I'm good. And really, they're not. They've got the whole weight of the world on their shoulders and they're really hurting inside, but we put on this front. So, you know, any time I actually spoke to friends or family, I was an expert at putting on this mask of me coping. And, you know, that's what we're um, designed to do as soldiers as well, too, to soldier on, to, um, you know, to grit our teeth and to just keep moving forward. And you're not going to show anyone that you are hurting or that you need help. Um, and I'd say that that's probably been one of the biggest um, experiences and the most humbling experiences for me on this journey is to ask for help and to be able to kind of, you know, realize that I don't have to do everything myself and then to open up for assistance. And, you know, we can't become the best versions of ourselves when we're being stubborn um, soldiers and we really need to kind of come back into the, you know, ask for help and, and change ourselves. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I guess uh, w- one question I have is, other than meditation, is there anything else that you've been doing? Have you been doing therapy, any counseling, any uh, other inward work that you can describe or share that might be a help to others that, um, you know, are feeling the same way? So, yeah, I've, I've tried it all, to be honest, Sean. Um, but, yeah, a lot of holistic approaches. And probably the biggest one I'd like to mention is breath work. So I guess we all kind of know, like from a yoga perspective, like, you know, you might be doing nostril breathing or, or kind of small types of breathing patterns. There's a, a certain type of breath work that exists in America and across the world. It's kind of like a, um, a trauma release style of breath work or holotropic breath work, or it's a very more intense trauma-based breath work where you would actually follow like a, a level of breathing for like an hour. And what that really allows you to do is to actually get from like a bottom-up approach. So if we're thinking about trauma as something that's like in the body, and there's a lot of scientific evidence out there these days to show that our trauma is kind of stored in our, our physical body, not in our mind. So this kind of style of breath work really allows you to actually kind of um, uh, attack, or not attack, but work with the nervous system and change your breathing patterns and release some of the tension that exists in your nervous system and then come out. So I guess talk therapy is like a, a, a top-down approach where you're coming in through your logical mind and you're connecting with stuff that you can remember or, or think about or be prompted for. But when you use uh, breath work in this kind of format, you can actually come from the bottom up. You don't actually have to talk about the story. You don't actually have to go back to the past. You don't actually have to be triggered from a mental perspective. You can actually just start to remove the trauma from the bottom up uh, and actually get rid of and change your state. It's quite a... A powerful technique and I'd say that it's had a massive massive impact on me healing. when you were just talking about that Jen was nodding her head it sounded like uh you have you heard of that that type of breath work or have you no actually I was just, it interesting it, I, it was very interesting yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that was awesome. Well, you know, Jenna shared with me, you know, like in some of her yoga classes and stuff, when people really get into, I think it's their hips, right? Mm-hmm. Like releasing tension and stuff like that in their hips. Like they'll have yeah. like a huge emotional release. Like sometimes people are just sobbing. So yeah. like I, I do know that you store a lot of emotion in your body. Yeah, or even if you're at the gym working like leg day. Leg day is so emotional <laughs> for some reason. So I think this is all about the same thing. Yeah, le- leg day makes me cry. <laughs> Some really amazing uh, books for people to read out there as well too to, to go more into that um, subject. But yeah, uh, breath work. I could honestly say like an hour breath work session with a trained facilitator because 
need to be with somebody who knows what they're doing because you can have very traumatic experiences come back up. And sometimes you can even have um, trauma like replay out in the body. So I've, I've done um, breathwork training and I've held breathwork spaces and I've actually had individuals that have gone back to reliving suicidal events. So I've actually, you know, the body is actually kind of replaying out the trauma that it was unable to process at certain points within the time. So there's this uh, really amazing um, natural ability for the body to heal itself if it's given the right conditions. And what breathwork really allows you to do is actually you know, turn off the mind and allow you to kind of hand back control to the nervous system. And the nervous system has such a, an amazing intelligence of actually giving you what you're ready for and what you can actually heal. You know, our body is 99% uh, automatic in everything that it does. You go to the toilet automatically, you breathe automatically, your eyes work automatically, you talk automatically, and your healing is automatically as well too. It's just that if you actually create the right environment for your body and for your emotions, you will heal automatically as well too. But it's actually about how do you create that in the modern world. And breathwork and meditation are basically how you actually create this space in your environment that just to allow your body to do automatically, yeah. That's so interesting we to me. Like that, This is the first time I've ever had someone connect with me how much trauma can actually be stored in the body because as a, as a lay person, I felt like it was, it was all mental, like it was the reliving the events. It's, it's somehow in the mind, less in the body, but you're the first person that's, that's really explained to me in a way that I understand that it's almost like that those events fire off and they create an imprint throughout your whole body and your body absorbs it, it internalizes it, 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 it owns it and stores it. And what you're talking about through this breath work is, is releasing it. Now, a couple things. Number one, can you please text me the list of those couple of books that you mentioned that talk about breath work? I want to make sure that we note those in the description of the podcast for those that might be interested um, but then beyond that, uh, what about yoga? What about stretching? And then you talked about kind of over-consuming fitness. So how have you regulated the balance of that? Yeah, so I think um, I, was, I had a lot of adrenal fatigue at the start of my journey because I've been moving with such momentum. So just to use some words that Jen might appreciate, I guess I was very yang. Um, <laughs> and I was like moving very fastly in these kind of like really um, quick directions. So then... Once I actually started to meditate and started to heal my body, my body was like, okay, you need to rest. And I had what would be referred to as adrenal fatigue. But really, that's just my body just kind of balancing itself out and just resting. So I really honored that. Uh, and yin yoga, so a real gentle, relaxed form of yoga was something that I practiced like when I felt called to in my body. Um, and yeah, I think that there's definitely a relationship between the mind still plays quite a large part because the mind is what is basically um, giving us the story of what's traumatic, what our label is and how we see it is how we store it. So when you can take control of your mind, you actually then stop accumulating more um, trauma because if you're actually kind of still in this like trauma accumulation mindset, seeing the world through the perception of trauma, you're still kind of technically taking it on. So the mind still does have quite a large role to play and our hippocampus, a part of our mind, is actually like highly affected by cortisol. Um, and our hippocampus is basically what deems things stressful and it's how we store our memories as stressful and emotional attachment be tied to it. So when our 
stress is actually affecting this, you can see how we can get caught in a vicious cycle of us actually um, being addicted to stress, which is warping our perception of stress. So yeah. it can be really challenging to actually break out of. Um, so, you know, I speak about the body and meditation, but really, we really need to master our mind and master what's between here uh, before we can actually start to release as well too. You can, and it depends on the level of trauma. It depends on your like what particular trauma you're holding on to as well. But yeah, the body and the mind are kind of need to go hand in hand. And uh, you know, I was just really blessed to be able to use stuff like yoga and stuff like other forms like breathwork, meditation, and all these things together. Like there is no specific thing to use every day or every uh, moment that's going to give you the answer because. You just have to basically be a little bit more intuitive as to what your body's called to and what you feel called to to actually to to, to be the best version of yourself. What about your spirit? What what about faith? What about um, you know connecting on that level? What what is that for you? Do you are you a spiritual person? You know, did faith play a role, or is it playing a role in your recovery? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that like our faith is something that's not as popular in Australia or something that's not really, we don't really grow up with like a huge level of religion. And I remember as a, a kid in grade two, I took this forged note to the teacher saying that I didn't have to go to church, which was for the Easter service. And here's this like seven-year-old with this piece of paper handing it to the teacher and saying, <laughs> hey, uh, my, my parents wrote this and my teacher's looking at it and saying, oh, your mum wrote this, did, did, uh, did she? And uh, I was like, yep. And he's like, no, you wrote this. And I was like, I had spelling mistakes uh, all through it. And uh, then I started crying and I had to go to church. So that was my outlook <laughs> in the church. That's what I saw like faith and like a higher power. But truly, some of the experiences that I've had on this journey have like opened up my eyes to like a higher power. Truly, I truly exist. In, like I truly believe in a higher power. I truly believe in faith. I truly believe and trust uh, so deeply with all of my heart now. And it's probably one of the main reasons that I've kind of been called to do this work and called to you know help people. And it's probably one of the main reasons you reached out to me on, on this podcast because. It was actually one of my burning desires because Bruce, Bruce actually from America. She was born in America. She was born in upstate New York. And uh, I've always had like a massive soft spot for the veterans from America because I know that your mental health system and your veteran affairs isn't as good as Australia. So I've always had, this is really bringing a tear to my eye. I've always had such a burning desire in my heart to want to help American veterans um, because I've had such an amazing environment for me to be able to heal myself. And I really want to bring that uh, message and bring what my passion, my purpose to help other people in the world that aren't as fortunate as, as Australians. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a moment. So how do people connect with you? How would somebody reach you? And then are you doing work? I know that I found you on Instagram. I was searching some hashtags and ran across your account on Instagram. uh, And immediately it struck me with your name uh, referencing to PTSD. So what work are you doing presently? How are you helping people? And how would somebody connect with you? So I've just... I've just finished publishing a book. So that's going to be out on the 27th of June, which is International PTSD Day. And that's called uh, Warrior's War. And that's like a healing journey of PTSD. And that goes specifically into meditation, breath work, yoga, everything that I've ever used to uh, heal myself. I kind of give like a perspective of that and how people can use that. And these are all 
freely available modalities. People, people can just jump on YouTube and they can teach themselves this. And if their passion and desire is to want to be a better version of themselves there, they'll be able to achieve that. On top of that, and when the book launches, we'll actually have like a really affordable program through the Happiness Co. and through Thriving with PTSD, which is like another organization that I'm a part of behind me. Together, we're basically going to build a platform, which is like a growth mindset platform for people that are looking to remove the label of PTSD. And that's going to be like really cheap. Like I think it'll be like five American dollars a week. And that will have weekly meditations, weekly Q&As, like with the group Zoom. Then it has like a very specific course that's been designed with breathwork and meditation and all of this other. And then a, a, like a nine series meditation um, course as well too. So basically uh, all of this is being packaged up to be launched on the 27th of June, which is International PTSD Day. And uh, people can really connect with me by those means. So Facebook and Instagram, you can find me on Thriving with PTSD. And I guess more information about that uh, growth mindset um, and the ability for people to heal the um, PTSD course will be on those platforms as well the book as well too. Yeah, so let me let me reiterate that again. It's Thriving with PTSD. The 27th of June is Nash or International PTSD Day. And then your book title, uh, which will be released on the 27th of June, is called Warrior's Wall. And so um, as we finish up here, uh, Matt, I just I, I guess I want to ask a question. There's got to be somebody that's listening that's suffering from PTSD that isn't where you are, that is feeling those feelings probably doesn't know how to deal with them, probably has stuffed them, and it's bubbling up in other areas of their life that probably uh, aren't great. And so what would you say to somebody that maybe it's COVID, maybe maybe somebody's experiencing a really, really negative circumstance in COVID. Maybe it's trauma of other sorts. You know, we had a, a gal on that suffered at the hand of, of, of abuse, you know, domestic violence. Maybe it's you know, I just talked to somebody today that is a friend of mine who had another friend that was involved in a shooting and a, and a police officer actually died. And, you know, my friend was saying that he thinks his buddy has PTSD over that because this officer had jumped in front of him and actually died as a result. So, I mean, there's there's thousands and thousands, millions of different examples out there. So what would you share as a like the first step, how does how does somebody move in a positive direction? I would say be gentle with yourself. If you are actually experiencing, you know, trauma after like an acute incident like that, really respect that for yourself and your body, and really allow your body to kind of go through its natural process and try not to like really stop it or intervene it. Because as I said earlier, our body is so uh, has so much wisdom. And if you can actually give yourself the space to allow your body to kind of process that trauma uh, and not judge it and not kind of like um, uh, going into too many stories, you can actually kind of start to, you know, um, really help yourself there. Your body will actually be able to move through it. Really similar to, you know, if you um, are in a car crash and your body starts shaking afterwards, your body is just naturally releasing the trauma. So we have such like wisdom in our, in our body. But if you're past that stage and you're kind of stuck in like a victim mentality or you're really stuck in an unhealthy state, probably the biggest thing I'd give you and probably the biggest change for me at my turning point is to understand the words that we use to create the world around us. 
and the stories that we tell ourselves are basically what we are trapped in. So we're telling ourselves every day that there's no hope, that we have PTSD, that no one understands. That is going to be your reality. That's going to be your world. But when you actually change the words to, I give myself permission to be a better version of myself, or I give myself permission to change, or I give myself permission to you know, have hope, um, or I give myself permission to ask for help, that's it. Like That's the, that's the key. And uh, I guess also I'd probably really like to put an open invite out on this podcast is to, if there's anyone else in America that is looking for people to, for a spokesperson to communicate or help anyone out, I'd really love to stick my hand up with it, to go on other podcasts and to spread this powerful message that there is hope. You know, I really want to be that ambassador for the world and I really want to spread that message so people can actually kind of be inspired to stand up and make their own truth and kind of bring that level of change to their communities as well. Well, I think you're doing that right now. You've inspired us. I know that anybody that's listening would be hope-filled hearing that you have moved forward in a much more positive direction with not only your future, with your life, with your body, with your mindset. And I agree with you. I've been on this mission. My wife and I were just talking today about it and, and yesterday Words matter, and I think that the words that you speak to others matter a lot, but the words that you speak to yourself, what you say inside your head, what you believe about yourself, what you internalize, what you, what you say you are, whether it's broken or whether it's positive, whether it's mended, you know, we're just, we're, I'm, I'm on a mission with this whole words matter thing. You know, you, you might see a TED Talk out of me at some point, you might see a book out of me at some point, but... You know, I just want to make this connection that they're power. Uh, they're powerful. Words have power. They have power to heal, and they have power to destroy. And the way you use them is is extremely important, especially when you're speaking to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You can even do a little bit more research on that, Sean. Like the phrase "abracadabra," uh, and I'm sure that Jen's probably got a few mantras that she uses in yoga and stuff as well, too. And they hold tremendous. Um, power in some of the words that are spoken in these uh, ancient scripts like scan, scan, scan yes. script. Um, yeah. Yes. Research into there as well. You find some nuggets of information. But yeah, I highly believe that the words that we use are yeah, creating our world. So yeah, thank you for that, brother. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on our uh, podcast and sharing your story and your message. We both really very much appreciate it. And uh, I know I speak for Jen and everyone else that's listening when we say, you know, we wish you the best of luck on, uh, on the continued journey of mending yourself, healing yourself, becoming the best version of yourself that you can and, and, and regaining control over that, that person that you, that you are, that sensitive, feeling, emotional, positive, you know, uplifting person. So I, I, I sense it. I feel it. Great job on the work you've done thus far. And uh, good luck on continuing to do that moving forward. Uh, thank you very much, Sean. And yeah, I really look forward to staying in touch. And, uh, um, you know, you may, you've been a champion for some of the amazing work that I'm doing in America as well, too. And who knows, uh, uh, you know, Ruth and I might visit there together one day, or mm -hmm. I might be over in America and help to kind of help some Americans out. And I 100%, those words are 100% truth from the heart that, yeah, I've really got a soft spot for America and to help some of the veterans over there. So, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, Jen, what did you think of our interview with Matt? Wow. Really, right? Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I just think that what he's doing to try to bring awareness, like his love of America, yeah. by the way, like American soldiers, because I, I guess in Australia they have better care for soldiers coming back from war than maybe we do. So he has this heart for people that are suffering from PTSD. And you know, I think his comments, like, I didn't know about the breath work, like deep breath work yeah, that was for really like cool. an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine what that does to your body, like, in terms of, like, synchronicity and, like, just... I think it calms your body. Well, I, I think it does. But using that to help unpack... Yeah, all that. You know, 10 years worth of emotions. I mean, the reality of it is, is these guys really are meant to be very robotic. You know, very little emotion, just efficiency, just action, just forward, just progress, you know? And, like, so the only way that you can accomplish that is to just stuff, stuff, stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't think about yesterday. I can't think about two weeks ago. I lost my buddy. I can't think about, you know, violence mm-hmm. and beheadings and all the other stuff that they had to deal with. You know, you just got to stuff it. But the mm-hmm. problem is you stuff it, stuff it, stuff it, and then all of a sudden you come back stateside or come back home, and then all of that is just bubbling yeah. under the surface. So like You that can't was, experience the emotions there. Yeah. And then finally, when you, you know, are out of the military or whatever, you experience all of the emotions at once. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just happy that he's he's doing well, yeah. that he's on a path to recovery. I'm happy that he's making progress with meditation and mm-hmm. breath work and then reaching out to others. And he works for a company called Happiness Co. Dot org. So it's happiness.co.org as well. Yeah. So I think his mission is is twofold. Write in the mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. Warriors War. Uh, I'm excited to hear that come out. That's on June 27th. So really, really good. Yeah, we'll uh, have to get him back on the podcast after that. Yeah, okay. I want to. I want to hear how the launch goes yeah. and what kind of feedback that he gets and and that kind of thing. But really fascinating interview. Really mm-hmm. right. All right, Jen. Let's talk about people connecting with us. How can people connect with us if they want to? Well, you can reach us at. Instagram on Hope Radio Podcast and also on Facebook at Hope Radio Podcast. Awesome. We're on two platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Hope Radio Podcast, and guess what? We're on all the digital platforms. Google, Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is search Hope Radio Podcast Mm -hmm. and you can find us there as well. Subscribe and like and maybe leave us a positive review or... Or we're always looking for new guests. So if you're listening mm-hmm. and you know of somebody that would be a good guest for us to have on the show, please let us know. Reach out. Send us a direct message. Or maybe you are a good guest. Maybe you are. Yeah. Just reach out. You never know. So I have some thoughts for you on our final thought for the day. And I think it's relative to what we just heard. Self-pity gets you nowhere. One must have the adventurous daring to accept oneself as a bundle of possibilities and undertake the most interesting game in the world, making the most of one's best. That was Harry Emerson Fostick. That was good. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, shall we do this again? I think we've got another interview coming up tomorrow. Joey Garrity is going to be on the line. She's hobnobbed with famous stars like actors directors she was in the film industry like 15 years wrote a red carpet book about Mm -hmm. how to you know influence and stand out i'm just super excited she's going to talk to us about love buckets oh your capacity for love i like love buckets grow your love bucket all right so that's gonna be tomorrow perfect